Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Oh man, do I have a treat for you today. Today I'm talking with Whitney. Whitney's a registered dietitian and nutritionist, and she really focuses on helping high-achieving, busy women really learn how to boost their fertility without losing their minds, specifically through food and lifestyle. So regardless of where you are in your journey, if you aren't thinking about having kids for 10 years or you're in the middle of trying to have kids and feeling really stuck and not really getting anywhere and you know when it comes to trying to find answers or if you've experienced loss or if you just want to know a little bit more about what can I be doing now in this season of my life to nourish my body and to you know prepare it for when I might be ready to build a family in the future or nourish it and heal it after a loss or all of the above. This is going to be a really helpful episode for you and I hope very encouraging. It's very grace-based. I love that Wendy's approach is one of minimizing stress as much as possible, not making this an overwhelming, you know, to-do list of perfection and rules that must be followed, but instead a guide and something that you can incorporate into your daily life in a way that works for you, in a way that feels good for you, in a way that's organic and, and natural for you rather than feeling like you have to follow a bunch of rules and get it all perfect. And so she has a really, I think, healthy approach from a mindset perspective, from a stress management perspective, as well as from the nutrition perspective. So I'm really excited to introduce you to her. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive into this conversation with Whitney. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Whitney, welcome to She. This is so fun. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. We've had so many conversations via Zoom or videos. I don't know exactly if it was Zoom, but just a lot of conversations. And I've learned so much from you. And I can't wait to share a lot of it with my community. But let's start here. Can you share a little bit of your journey and what led you to start a practice focused on helping women with fertility and food and all the things that you do now? Well, I, so I always, I always fumble on how to start, you know, like, where do you go? College? No, (laughs) nobody cares about that. So after my first pregnancy, I ended up having a lot of postpartum issues. I struggled during my pregnancy and I didn't have trouble necessarily getting pregnant the first time, but I really, really struggled afterwards. And it was a totally new world to me because there was such little information out there. I am a dietitian. I went to school for almost 10 years to study food. And well, it's not nearly 10 years. It feels like 10 years, seven years. That's still (laughs) close to 10 years. I would say that. (laughs) We round up. (laughs) And we really never talked about, you know, fertility, nutrition, postpartum nutrition. And so when I went through it myself and really struggled afterwards, I was I, when I say I was dumbstruck, like I, I did not know. And so I really worked for my second pregnancy in preparation of my second pregnancy to get my diet as, as good as it can be, or, you know, supportive of fertility, working on stress management, all of these different things. And I credit all of that work and healing um, a lot of hormone imbalances that I had going on to getting pregnant fairly, not fairly quickly the second time and having a wonderful postpartum. And also it was just a great pregnancy. And then around that same time, my friends were all struggling with different areas. So I had friends dealing with PCOS, secondary infertility, um, unexplained infertility, and honestly not getting anywhere with their providers, getting that backtracking actually with their providers. And so I started my practice because I just couldn't I didn't want to see it happen anymore. There are so many things that we have at our fingertips to help with our fertility and just how we feel and pregnancies, all of that. And so 
that's how I got into it. <laughs> so interesting. Okay. So before we dig into, a, I have a lot of juicy questions for you, so get ready. <laughs> but first, can you give All a little set. bit of um, info just on what role diet and lifestyle can play in fertility? Do they still matter if you can just take a pill from a doctor or, you know, get on a, a medication regimen, like, and they have, you know, a treatment for you? What role do those play and why is it important? Okay. So I always say you can't out-medicate or out-supplement a bad diet. It's same goes for stress and all of those things, but food is such an important role. Humans eat about 2,000 pounds of food every year. A pill isn't going to fix that, whether that's a supplement or a medication. And so especially with fertility treatments, what we're what the main focus on is on with conventional fertility treatments is very much symptom management. So if you're not having regular cycles, let's put you on birth control so you can cycle regularly. It's not actually working on the underlying issue. It's just kind of putting a band-aid on it to make it go away for a while. Mm -hmm. And so not that birth control is fertility. I guess maybe when I think of fertility, I think of it in terms of very broad mm -hmm. terms. Anytime we're talking about women's health. Mm -hmm. And same goes with um, fertility medications. If you're not ovulating then, let's mm -hmm. do some medications to kickstart ovulation. It's not really working with your body and getting your hormones to really work for you instead of against you and food lifestyle factors. That's really what the focus is on getting to the root and supporting it from the bottom up, hmm. bottom up approach, which is so like, you're right, because it is such a, it almost seems obvious, like in a way when you say it that way, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes mm -hmm. sense. But it's almost like that's not kind of how I don't think that's quite how we're trained to think we're think we we're trained to think like, we'll just go throw something that'll fix it. Right. And it's almost like, yeah, huh? and I, I think you and I have talked about this too in the past, but just having a little bit of a holistic approach, like you've even said, like, it's not like supporting your body or treating something that's wrong with medication is bad. It's that if you're relying solely on the medication, you're not actually providing the support that your body needs holistically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not, I don't have anything against medication. It's just that that's our only option. It's not really giving you all of the support that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to ask about this because I really agree with this, but I, you've talked a lot on social media about the overuse of the word infertile and how it's not an accurate word to describe the issues women are dealing with. And I, and I fully agree that word literally makes me angry because it's like uh -huh. it's such a crappy <laughs> diagnosis. But can you explain in a little bit more detail why you don't like to use that term? Kind of, I'd love if we can just unpack this and sit here for a second, because I think although, you know, my experience has been different, it hasn't been with struggling to get pregnant. I've been in the community of women who I've found, like, it's so easy for women to start identifying, like wearing that, like a label. Yes. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that makes me mad. Even when people will reach out to me and say things like, I'm sorry, you're struggling with that. I'm like, stop making that my identity. You know, so I'd love to yeah. hear like, because I think we've just gotten so accustomed to hearing that and diagnosing it and then identifying with it. So can you share your thoughts on that? That's, oh, I love it. I, I love this question so much. If you could see me, I've got my, I talk a lot with my hands. <laughs> Same. <laughs> my hands are going. <laughs> so when we look at the actual definition of infertility, and I don't mean necessarily the medical diagnostic mm -hmm. terminology, because that's got a time limit on it. But when we look at the definition of fertility, it's the inability to get pregnant or inability to be fertile. Mm -hmm. So what we're actually seeing, especially nowadays, with the lifestyles we're leading, the food we have available, um, the toxin exposure, all of these different things is that we're seeing a lot of women with, I call it disfertility mm. or a dysfunction in your fertility or subfertility. Those are two different words that I like a lot better than infertility because it's not that you can't get pregnant. It's just that things aren't working properly or you're having challenges getting pregnant or staying pregnant. Mm. And I think that that defines it in a way. And I know there are some people that would be kind of like, you know, what is a name? matter? What does it matter if you call it infertility, subfertility? Mm -hmm. It's like what you said, it's an identity. When someone looks at you and says, you can't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. I believe that the body follows the mind. And if your mind believes that something's broken or you're broken, you're not going to be showing your body a lot of love. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you're mad at it, if you hate your body and you can't heal something, you can't heal a body you hate. Mm -hmm. And so I do believe that the terminology is very, very important. And not only just, you know, naming something correctly, but also giving you the hope and understanding that it's not it's not broken. It's not gone. Your hope is not gone. Mm -hmm. It is just, there's a bump in the road. We just have to fix some things first. Yeah. That was mm -hmm. something you and I talked a lot about. I think just, I mean, and I, and I think it is such a important mindset shift because it can be so easy when you feel stuck or you feel confused or you, or someone's just looked at you and said, this is your diagnosis, right? It can mm -hmm. feel like it's the end of the road. And 
although I haven't had someone personally look at, like I haven't had that experience. I have many friends who have, and I know how just devastating that can be and how confusing it can be. And it just, you know, like you said, when we can kind of shift how we view it and how it's more like it's a bump in the road. Like that's how I've always tried to view it. Like when I went through my losses, it was like, okay, I mean, obviously there's a lot of emotion around it, but I've tried to keep the mindset of, and you've helped a lot with this, of this mindset of, okay, there's a bump in the road to my journey. It's not the end of my journey. And I think Mm -hmm. we can feel, and it can be so easy to begin to feel like I have to identify with this is how it is. And this is what it's always going to be. And you can go down that road so quickly. And so I love that you just kind of call this issue out because it's such a, I think, passive thing. Like we just call it that because that's what Mm -hmm. we always have. And I think it can actually really seep into the minds of so many women so quickly. And so I love that you're just calling that out for what it is. It's my favorite thing. Okay. Um, (laughs) I Well, and I think there's just a lot of like misbeliefs around this whole thing. So I I love that we're just like unpacking that. But well, women from the beginning of time, basically have been told different ways we're supposed to modify our body or that our bodies are broken. And so it's very easy for us to slip into that mindset. It doesn't take a whole lot of convincing for us to really, you know, get into that self-hatred mode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I have a lot of questions that are more tactical, I guess, more Mm -hmm. like, let's get into the nitty gritty. I wanted to kind of do like an overview, but can you walk us through the types of foods that can boost your fertility? What nutrients should you focus on and what might you know, that look like in a given day? What nutrients are especially important for egg health? Like, I think these are a lot of questions we're wondering, and there's a lot of information everywhere. So I would love if you could give us a little bit of a um, insight into what that can look like. Mm -hmm. So I always like to operate from an inclusion standpoint versus an exclusion standpoint. We've had conversations about this. It's really, really easy to get caught up in, okay, I have to cut this out and this out and this out. And when you really start to restrict you're eating. And sometimes it's necessary. There are definitely times where it is important to, you know, limit certain food groups, but then sometimes it can be really excessive. And how I picture it, it's like the polar bears on the, in the iceberg, on the icebergs, their icebergs are just getting smaller and our icebergs and our variety of food intake gets smaller and smaller and smaller based on a lot of different things. There's things that people are telling you on Facebook groups and Instagram, um, blog posts, all of these different things. And so I like to think more in terms of what can we include to support egg health as opposed to what all all the myriad of things people Mm -hmm. are telling us to take out. Mm -hmm. So um, the first place I like to start is always fats, healthy fats. Fertility and fats go hand in hand. Um, I just had that song playing in my head. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Nuts, seeds, salmon, olive oil, eggs, all of those really tuna, I'm thinking, and I have like salmon, grass-fed beef. There's a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. but these healthy fats can really support hormone balance. One, because fats really keep us full for a long time. They're very nourishing. They're necessary to absorb certain vitamins, but also hormones have a glycerin backbone. So they have to have fats for production. And so fats are always something I talk a lot about. And I think it's a really important conversation to have too, because of the food industry and the diet industry and everything that we've been told over the years, like I grew up in the 90s. I was eating fat-free chips and fat-free whipped cream and Mm -hmm. (laughs) fat-free snack wells and all of those things. And so it's a total 180 going into the fertility space and really trying to hone in on getting healthy fats at every single meal. Mm -hmm. It's not just once a day. It's every time you eat, you want to try and include those. Mm -hmm. And then we're also always... You can't get away from veggies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry if you don't like veggies. (laughs) saute them or roast them or something (laughs) put a fat on your veggies that's the key to some some delicious veggies air fryers will be your best friend (laughs) exactly exactly really dark vibrant colored vegetables and fruits are really really high in antioxidants and nutrients if you think about it like this like the the brighter or the darker deeper the color the more vibrant the color the higher the concentration of vitamins and minerals because the vitamins and minerals are what gives it that color Mm. so that's a good kind of correlation to make Mm. and then slow digesting carbs this i think is always the hardest category just because of where we live we're in america Mm -hmm. we got fast carbs around every corner (laughs) so this looks more like quinoa brown rice um sprouted grains uh beans would Would, like would oats be part of that Oats are absolutely in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that's one of my favorites. And any kind of oat, really. The old-fashioned oats, steel-cut oats, you know, I like a mix of both because mm-hmm. the texture mm-hmm. in the steel-cut is really good. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's <laughs> so, a good point. 
that's an option. And then always, you know, protein. I love making sure you get protein at every meal too. Protein is the building blocks of tissues. And if you're trying to build a baby, tissues are kind of important. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I want to ask about this because as you share all of these different foods, I would love to think about just for, you know, there's a variety of different ages and women in different seasons of life listen to this. And so I'm con- I'm considering the person who's like, mm, I'm not going to be thinking about kids for five years, you know, or mm-hmm. three years or, you know, I just got married or I'm not even dating or whatever. Would you say it's important to start really like supporting your body this way well before you get to the point where you're like, and I'm ready to make a baby now? <laughs> yes. I love this question so much. And I wish it was something that they talked about more in the college setting because when you're ready to have a baby, you're already ready to have that baby. It's mm-hmm. like even waiting 10 months is too long. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of women, we don't start thinking about our fertility till it's time to get pregnant. But Fertility really is a marker of your overall health because it it is a monthly report card. Your body is sharing information with you every month when you get your period, um, the symptoms you're experiencing, the timing, the the length of your cycle, all of those things are telling a story of how your body is functioning. Mm. And so when we are not taking care of our fertility or it's just kind of put on the back burner, we're actually doing our entire health a disservice because your body operates so much better. The female body operates so much better when we're ovulating, mm. when we've got that progesterone running through us. It gives us the happy hormones in our brain and Mm -hmm. helps us calm down at least a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I really wanted to hit on that just because, I mean, there's, I look back and in a weird way, I'm like, wow, in a way, I'm very thankful that I started this journey somewhat young in my life Mm -hmm. in the sense that like I started digging into this and I was like, I'm going to take a year to like really focus on investing in my body because it, it could be so easy to like, even when you feel ready for something like jump to like, okay, I have to force this thing to work. And very, very tempting. Yeah. And so it's, <laughs> it's sometimes really important to say, I'm going to be proactive and take some time to really just nourish my body. And I, I love what you had shared earlier too, about how so much or so often we can so much focus on removing things and, mm-hmm. and it can almost be so restrictive. And it takes, I, I actually had someone, I've shared this before, but I had someone put it to me like this and it wasn't even about food. It was about some other discipline, but they said it starts with the discipline. It turns into a de- desire and then it eventually becomes a delight. But if we're only focusing on like removing things or what we, sh- we shouldn't be doing or what, you know, what isn't ideal, I don't even like using the word shouldn't be, but what isn't maybe so ideal and we're only focusing on just removing stuff, it can become like so, and, and I got caught up in this because I can become like the achiever personality. So for anyone mm-hmm. listening who's like, oh, I can stick to a rule. You have a rule. I got it. You know, and you literally were like, I don't think I have to help you stick to the rules. I think I have to help you like not be so stressed. About mm-hmm. And so it's been like a, it's been a journey of learning how to give myself grace in the process and like really allow myself to learn how can I nourish and create meals that I really enjoy and that are like not only something I desire, but actually begin to delight in. And so for anyone listening, like, I just want you to think about that even if you're not even interested in the fertility side of things and you may you may think you'd never want kids even if in 10 years you change your mind like you can be being intentional now just to support your body so you feel better it doesn't only have to do with the fertility side of things and I look back and I'm like gosh I wish someone would have told me that when I was like 20 you know Uh and that's why I want to talk about this just because I felt like there was not I mean other than my mom encouraging me to try to support myself like I focused more on how I looked I focused more on you know, remaining thin and like eating as few Mm -hmm. calories as possible and all of those things. And it's like, none of it had any nutrients, you know? And so just an important mindset shift, regardless of where you're at in your journey to keep in mind. And I'm really thankful that you shared that because, and even those actual tangibles of like, this is what this should look like. Be consistent about it as much as possible. It turns it in, it turns it away from, oh, I have to cut all this stuff out and avoid what seems quote unquote bad. And instead I can really just focus on what makes me feel really good at what my body needs. But I want to pivot a little bit too, because I would love to ask about men. Let's talk about them for a second, because I think we can get so focused on like what we as women can be doing. And sometimes that can feel very isolating. Um, (laughs) And so for the women who are in this season of life or plan to be in this season of life in the next few years, what nutrients should men be getting or what food should they be eating to support their fertility and their health, their whole contribution to this picture? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked it too, because Men just get, and I don't want to say they get ignored. It's almost like they get a free pass sometimes when we start talking about fertility. And I even mean when you're in the throes of fertility treatments, if you've ever been through that, you've probably seen where there's not much involvement on the men's side, even though they're 50% of the equation, 50% of the DNA is coming from them. And so if the DNA is damaged in any way, that 
reduces your risk of a healthy pregnancy. It increases your risk of miscarriage, even if you, it might not have anything to do with you. And so it's very important for both partners to get involved. And that's actually something I always talk about with my clients is, is your partner on involved? Are they on board with making changes? Because if it's just you doing it by yourself, that's very isolating and very, very frustrating. And the likelihood that arguments are going to happen <laughs> is not even a likelihood. It's a guarantee yeah. because you're feeling like you're spinning the wheels. Mm-hmm. So for men, it's a wonderful thing. So everything that I've talked about for women, the fats, the fruits, the veggies, the nutrients, proteins, everything can also help support men. Mm -hmm. Their fertility is very, the same nutrients, the folate, B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, all of those things that support egg health also support sperm health. So it's nice. It can be really, I always think when you're making changes for fertility, it can be something that drives a wedge between the two of you, but it can also bring you together if you're both making these changes together. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for women who find themselves in a situation where they're like, my guy just does not understand or, you know, he doesn't see the correlation, maybe because a doctor has told him he has very little to do with it or maybe because <laughs> who knows, right? But maybe in his mind, he's just not on on board with like drastically changing his life. Yep. Do you have any tips or ways to encourage somebody who might be in that position feeling like so defeated and isolated in this process? Yes. So you can. there's a couple different ways you can approach this. The one thing I say is just make sure you're not accusing. If you're getting accusatory, if you're mad when you're trying to have a discussion, it's never going to go well. Mm-hmm. Say it when you're both calm, when you're both had maybe a nap mm-hmm. <laughs> and a snack or something and everybody's calm and you can bring up the conversation. I think coming at it from a health perspective, number one, is important because if if your partner is eating like crap, they're not going to feel good. You know, nobody feels good eating Dunkin' Donuts five times a day. I don't, at least I don't think so. I don't know. I'm sure you'll have someone comment on this and be like, I feel amazing. (laughs) You always get one of those. (laughs) Yes. But for the most part, humans don't function well in those kind of nutrients. And if you're not eating a nutrient dense diet, your hormonal flow is impacted. And that includes men too. Their testosterone, their estrogen levels, all of those things are affected. And if your testosterone is low and your estrogen is high as a man, which is very, very common with kind of the traditional or the current, um, I can't say traditional because it hasn't always been like this, but Mm. the current American diet, Mm. we're seeing low testosterone levels. We're seeing low sperm levels. We're seeing poor morphology. The data is showing that sperm levels are significantly impacted over the last 50 years. Mm. And so they're kind of aiming a lot of that at, you know, our toxin exposure. Mm -hmm. And so if a man is experiencing that, they're probably not going to feel good either. Mm -hmm. And so coming at it from that perspective and talking about, you know what, you can, if we change some of these things, you might feel better here. This might, you know, this could impact it, this could change. And also asking for help rather than criticizing. Mm -hmm. So saying like, I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling like I want to do this. I need some support Mm -hmm. and coming at it from more of that. (laughs) I'm not a therapist, obviously, but like Mm -hmm. I statements. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's good. I think that takes, instead of putting them on the defense, you're actually really putting them on the offensive because most, Mm -hmm. and this is somewhat of a generalization, but I think most men, especially in relationship, when you're asking them for help and they feel like they can do something to help support you, that's usually a more effective way than saying like, well, you need to be doing this too. Like it can you be suck. your fault. <laughs> yeah. And I think they begin to feel like that. And so then they, they dig their heels in sometimes. I think mm-hmm. that can be a very natural response, just as you would if you felt like you were being accused or you were being pushed. And so Absolutely. it's not that you're going about it wrong, but sometimes saying, hey, I feel really alone and I just mm-hmm. need some help. Could we maybe together make this one change and start with baby steps. I think sometimes it can take, not always, but oh, yeah. I've, I've talked with enough women to learn that sometimes it can take men a little bit longer to get on board. As women, and when you're ready to be a mom, you're like, I will oh, do yeah. everything, you know, and you kind of mm-hmm. go all in. <laughs> and to them, that's overwhelming sometimes. They're like, okay, you know, and they kind of look at it through the lens of like, well, there's so much we can't control anyways. What if we're stressing ourselves out? So, so knowing how you both approach things can be helpful in walking that or having that conversation in a way that's fruitful and actually mm-hmm. feels like it, it may not be everything you want them to be doing immediately, but maybe they're willing to make one change. And then once they get you know used to that and they're on board with that and it feels like it's a part of their rhythm and their lifestyle, have that conversation again and say, hey, do you think we can incorporate this together? And really yes. look at it as a together thing rather than a you need to thing. So anyways, thank Absolutely. you for sharing that. That's really mm-hmm. good advice. So I want to pivot a little bit into conversations about resources and how they pertain mm-hmm. to this, specifically time and money. So first, if if someone is listening to this and they are busy on the go, who doesn't really have time to cook hour long, 
you know, meals every single day. Can you still eat well? Can you still do this? Can you still support your body if you have a pretty on the go lifestyle? And you and I talk about this kind of a lot, just how, Mm -hmm. you know, the high achieving woman, this can be such a challenge for in some ways. And so I love your just insight and thoughts on that. Absolutely. So this is me. I hate cooking. <laughs> I don't love cooking. And so this kind of question, I you can absolutely, I, I know from experience, you can absolutely eat healthy and it doesn't have to be hours in the kitchen. In fact, when you're trying to plan out super elaborate meals or a lot of variety or like different, you know, trying a new recipe every single night, what that's probably going to do if you're already working 10 hours a day, running all day long and then coming home and then having to put together something beautiful mm-hmm. or something crazy that you saw. And like, I'm trying to think of one of the, what is that? Bon Appetit, something mm-hmm. like that, like mm-hmm. a really elaborate something. It's probably going to stress you out more, mm-hmm. create more adrenal fatigue, and it can actually impact your fertility in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So if you need to simplify by all means, simplify. Mm -hmm. So this would look like making a big thing of tuna salad at the beginning of the week and eating that for lunch every day. Mm -hmm. It could look like if you grill, like I I like to grill chicken. If you grill chicken, instead of doing, you know, one or two pieces just for you and your partner, then go ahead and do a couple pounds and then make it into a salad, make it into some soup. I like multi-purpose meals, which end up costing you less money because you can bulk buy, but also cost you less time in the kitchen. And it can also be really, really nourishing, especially if you're just throwing some veggies in there. I'm always, I'm a big fan. I'm no, I'm not fancy with the veggies. Rice, call it frozen rice, cauliflower, heat it up, put it in a stir fry. We're done. (laughs) I keep it simple. I mean, I fully agree. There's, I, I've learned that I, I enjoy cooking a little bit more than I used to, but I have a little bit more margin than I did in the past. Mm-hmm. And so when I look back at those seasons, I was like, yeah, I didn't have time. I was always on the go. And so, you know, <laughs> but I'm still pretty on the go, like compared to, you know, I, I would still say I'm a pretty busy person. I was going to so. say, I know, I know you and I don't think I've, no, I don't see, I don't see you sitting very much. I'm slow for me. <laughs> that makes sense. But I will say, you know, batch making, like even just getting something that I've recently been doing is getting like a couple bags of frozen peas and then a couple mm-hmm. carrots, like get like a, you know, a bunch of like, not like baby carrots, but the big carrots and some onion. And then literally just heat up like a ton of brown rice and then throw that into a stir, like boil it, throw it in a stir fry with some frozen peas and shaved carrots and some onion slices and just like a little bit of garlic. And that can last you like that. You're can be done. Something mm-hmm. you, yeah. Just do that with some tuna salad at the beginning of the week and you've got your lunches for the whole week. And so I don't like meal prepping because when I think of meal prepping, I think, of, oh. do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? I think of the plastic containers, the yes, plastic containers, like <laughs> green beans and a chicken breast and like uh-huh. no flavor. And I'm like, I can't make like individual meals and do all of that, but I can just make a big batch of something that I can take, you know, a scoop of salad from or a scoop of rice from and just do that. And so if you can make two or three things bulk on Sunday evening or Monday morning or whatever is best for you, that can help bridge the gap on the like four or five days. So absolutely. And if you, and you don't be afraid to take care of or care of, don't take advantage, don't be afraid to take advantage of convenience foods too. So I have some clients that literally like, they don't even have time to chop vegetables, buy a veggie tray. That's totally fine. There's nothing, it's more expensive, but if you don't, if time is your greatest resource that you're struggling with, Mm -hmm. then go ahead and take advantage of some of the pre-cut, pre, you know, I always say like the pre-sliced mango. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing. Honestly, sometimes the pre-sliced like watermelon is my favorite. Oh, it's so good. I don't need time. I don't have time to sit here and chop a watermelon because I, it's actually kind of hard. Have you ever chopped a watermelon? It's like, I, I it have takes this, forever. It's a mess. I don't know how to make the cubes. I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. forget it. And unless I'm doing slices, I'm just going to buy them. So no, I agree. Sometimes just swapping it out like that is easier. exactly. Yeah. I've wasted so many heads of cauliflower because I didn't <laughs> want. I did. I bought it whole. I didn't want to buy the veggie tray. Yeah, yeah it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Okay. Speaking of that, though, while we're talking about just convenience, what mm-hmm. are some easy fertility swaps that women can make for common foods like salad dressings or canned soup or cereal or pasta? As we're talking about, you know, trying to optimize our time, but also our fertility, what are some easy swaps that we can make that really won't take a whole lot of time, but that can make a difference? Yes. So with, I got to start with pasta because I probably make pasta in my house three times a week. I have small kids. They'll eat it every single time. 
I recommend changing from a traditional like wheat pasta, trying a bean-based pasta. So chickpea pasta is my favorite texture, but they have black bean, soybean. They have a lot of different bean options. And the reason I like these better is because you don't even have to think of a protein. If you're making a pasta that's a bean-based, it already has protein Mm -hmm. in it. It already has fiber in it. So it's kind of like a one and done. I'll just make some of that, throw some marinara and some broccoli on it and be done. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorites. I got. I always got to start with the pasta. <laughs> I mean, it's literally a staple. So it is. <laughs> and then what I like to do with soups is I will make a big. I always say the vat, a vat of soup, mm-hmm. whatever my favorite is, and then I put it into mason jars and freeze it. So I do recommend if you're doing that, don't freeze it with the cap on. If you like this idea, if you're going to try it, if you put it with the cap on, it can cause some issues. So I freeze it with the cap off and then put the cap on. Oh, um, okay, on the mason. That's jar. just how. That's what I do. And then what was, let me see, Um, other questions. salad dressings, some of those other things we can swap. So salad dressings, I, it's, (laughs) I love it when people can make it themselves. It is not hard to do. You can make like a lemon Dijon, super easy, but I, for some reason, just don't do it. And so I have a hard time telling people doing something that I wouldn't be willing Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have any time and you want something like kind of simple and healthy, just lemon and olive oil. Yep, that's so easy. With a little bit of salt too. Put some like yes. salt on it and mm-hmm. it is, let it sit for like five minutes to 10 minutes on your on your salad. I actually like put it in my salad when I make it at the beginning of the week. And then it's like juicy and delicious and great. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's my most simple one. But you can get, if you want to get more into it, like you can add Dijon mustard or garlic or and, Uh, There's some apple cider vinegar dressings, Mm. totally optional, but those are great. And then if you don't want, if you don't want to make your own or you absolutely don't have time to cut a lemon, there are really great options from some different companies. The first one I always think of is Primal Kitchen. Mother Raw is another one. That's a very... I don't think that's as well known as the Primal Kitchen one. They have some really interesting dressings that have a really good basis. I believe avocado oil Mm -hmm. um, because I like avocado oil better than uh, a canola oil or a soybean oil Mm -hmm. just for the fatty acid content. And so those are some of the, the good options. And then what was the other one? Cereal. Ooh, cereal is a hard one. So... Traditional cereals, eh, not my favorite. A lot of processed grains, lots of sugar, you know, mm-hmm. even even the grown-up cereal has a lot of sugar in it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So we talked about oats earlier. I love oats as an option. It's not crunchy though. Mm-hmm. So doing maybe like overnight oats and adding those steel cut oats in there, it gives it more of a crunch to it and adding seeds or something like that. As far as actual cereals, I I do like there's a coconut flake like coconut flake cereal that has a, a good amount of fat in it. And the reason I I look at that a little bit more is because traditional cereal, if you just have a bowl of Cheerios, mm-hmm. it's going to digest really quickly, and you're probably going to be hungry about an hour later. Mm-hmm. At least I am. I can't. I don't stay full on those kind of cereals very often. But if you do reach for a cereal like that, or if that's all you have available, try adding a protein or a fat to it. So. Like for my kids, they like Cheerios. So I'll add like a scoop of peanut butter to it and a hard boiled egg on the side. Mm. So if you can add some kind of zhuzh it up a little bit, mm. it can help help you, help you metabolize it a little bit slower and help you stay fuller because mm. I hate being hungry. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's actually really helpful. Those are some really good suggestions. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. 
One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Okay, so a couple other questions related, I think semi-related to that anyways. A lot of women who try to eat healthier also find themselves stressed about eating perfectly. Like yes. we talked about earlier, like this was like my main job here is to keep you unstressed. So <laughs> what tips do you have to balance stress and healthy eating so that it doesn't become an obsession or a stress point, but it's actually an enjoyable experience? I think the inclusion versus exclusion, kind of getting into that space being, and I think sometimes with that, you're going to have to maybe watch your boundaries a little bit because everybody has a lot of well-meaning advice. Oh, you need to go keto. Oh, you have to go Atkins and just go do whole 30. It'll be totally fine. And that's when you'll get pregnant. And I think when we've got all of this advice around us, it's really hard not to kind of get confused. Like, wait, what am I doing again? And also with that, because women, we are very professional dieters (laughs) because we've been doing it our whole lives. We tend to feel like we're not doing enough if we're not struggling or if we're not, Mm. what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, uh, (laughs) yes, if we're not miserable, it's not enough. Mm. And so getting out of that mindset and just looking at your meals, and this is kind of where I like to start, just look at your day of eating and think, how could I judge this up a little bit? How can I include a little bit more here? So let's say you really like soups. Let's say you like chicken chicken noodle soup. What if we swapped the regular noodles for chickpea noodles? And that's all we change. Like we just do that one little swap and that will make a huge difference. Um, or like you were talking the, the bag of frozen peas or something like that, just adding something, one thing to it, instead of trying to overhaul everything all at once, just one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. I think the one step approach is, and I've had to incorporate that a lot more personally because I can be so like, I have to be all or nothing. And that can be a really overwhelming place to be. And so I've had to lean into what are the, what are the steps that are most effective right now or that feel the best right now? And sometimes it's okay to ask what feels good to change, you know? And I think we can be so inundated with like all the things that you could change and do. And it's like, well, what feels good to me? Like maybe it's starting by limiting caffeine a little more. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. it, you know? And I think like starting with that mentality can be so helpful because otherwise it's easy to burn out and to be like, well, screw this. You know, why am I doing it? It's overwhelming and I feel miserable. So when you end up in a sleeve of Oreos. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Also that. (laughs) And there's no shame in that, but also nope, you don't want to be that every day. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit uh, about the budget side of this too, because mm-hmm. this is something I really like to try to touch on. Anytime I talk about 
maybe swaps you can make or ways to, you know, just invest in your health. Cause I really do look at it as an investment. And sometimes Absolutely. certain things that you do, do come with a little bit more of a price tag or certain foods can feel like they're more expensive than others. So if someone's on a tight budget, how can you improve your nutrition and boost your fertility without completely breaking the bank? Yes, that's such a good question. I, and it is such a common thing when we associate health or healthy, it's always the, the money always comes up because it's, you know, it, you, if we've ever been to Whole Foods, you know, whole paycheck. Right, totally. <laughs> so I, I've got a couple tips for this on sale and freeze. So if you find something on sale, especially a, like a, a higher end meat, maybe more like a grass fed meat or uh, wild caught salmon or something that it tends to be on the pricier side. If you find it on sale, if you have the availability to buy extra and freeze it, you can save a lot of money that way. Frozen veggies, frozen fruit instead of fresh. Also, especially if it's out of season, mm-hmm. fantastic way. And nutrient-wise, it can actually be more nutritious. Oh, really? I, I shouldn't use the term nutritious that way, but it can actually be more nutrient-dense because when they freeze it, they will wait until the fruit or the vegetable is ripened to its full capacity and then they freeze it right away. Oh. Whereas if it's fresh, they pick it early and then it ripens on the truck. So oh. if you can get frozen, that's an option too. Seasonal, seasonal fresh uh, produce is, it's going to be better. First of all, fresh tomatoes, so much better in the summer than they are in the winter, but they're going to be cheaper too. Mm -hmm. So seasonal produce and then farmer's market produce also tends to be cheaper depending on where you're going, depending on, you know, what you're buying. But if it's seasonal, tends to be a little bit cheaper. You know, I always think of, at least in Indiana, we have blueberry season. You can get pounds and pounds and pounds of blueberries for dollars. And it's, it's really nice. And you can freeze those. Yep. Yep. I have really Um, become a fan of frozen blueberries. Me too. They're like a little treat. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that because I do think there's this perception of like it can be more expensive and it definitely can. There are certainly ways to eat healthier on a budget, um, mm-hmm. but it just, it takes a little bit, I would say a little bit more effort. Like being It aware. takes more planning yes. for sure. You have to plan out when things are going to come in season, when things are on sale. So I think it's kind of looking at your resources. What's your least plentiful resource? Is it time? Is it money? And then working your way around that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I always say like when I don't plan, I end up paying. Like if I'm just like uh, every I'm time. Just grabbing stuff and then I'm like, wow, like I spent so much more on food than I really probably needed to, but I was just in a hurry. I didn't think ahead. And so mm-hmm. the more that you can plan, which does take some time, but then you kind of get into a rhythm of like knowing, okay, what do I do every week and in this season? And I will mm-hmm. say there's sometimes like, especially for the convenience and the pricing, this is something that we did for a little while. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I did it anyway. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> but one thing that was really We're helpful, about to find out. <laughs> one thing that was really helpful for us and it was during a pretty busy season, but I was trying to start making some of these lifestyle changes and be a little bit more consistent about cooking at home rather than like ordering takeout seven times a week. I, Every night. Yeah. <laughs> there was a season we were doing that. And and yep. I um and that actually gets really expensive too. But anyways, we actually subscribe to something called Sun Basket. And I yes. like their stuff and also um imperfect foods. That's like a pretty organic option for produce. And so you get like it kind of in bulk. Like we got we would get, I think four meals each a week. So we would just basically make that our dinners through the week, like Monday through Thursday. And then we'd go out on on Fridays or whatever. But that really helped me personally because I felt like I was getting nutrient-rich foods. I was able to say like, if I had any restrictions like gluten-free or whatever and get you know, quality food that came pre-proportioned. So I didn't feel like I was wasting anything because I think that's one of the worst things is if you're trying to shop healthy, like you said about the cauliflower. And then if you don't get to it or you just don't get around to cutting it up or you get busy some things can go bad and then you feel like you've kind of wasted your resources. And so Mm -hmm. something that was really helpful for me as I was learning, like what kind of flavors do I like to pair together? And I don't have a lot of time and I don't know how to portion all this stuff yet. And I'm still kind of learning. That was really helpful. We did that for several months and it was like easy to cook, but everything was pre-prepared. There was no waste, just enough for two of us. And I feel like I want to say for four meals each, so eight meals total, it was like I want to say 80 bucks, which is cheaper than if we were going to go order something, yes. you know, take out. Mm-hmm. And so if you, you know, want to simplify on the time and prep side of things, as well as the planning side, that can be a service like that, at least for a few months can be a way to kind of bridge that gap. I don't know what your thoughts are on those kind of things, but I really enjoyed that in that season where I was like, I don't even know where to start with cooking healthy. This is so overwhelming. And it just helped me start. And it also helped me feel like I was planning a little bit more because I I could see the meals that were coming without feeling like I was wasting a lot of food. Yes, I love them. And actually, I think 
it can also inspire you in the kitchen mm-hmm. and get excited about cooking again. Cause I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not the best cook. My husband is though. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's the same for if, me. Yeah. Yes. He's the cook. I'm the, I talk, I buy the food. He puts it all together. <laughs> but if you are, if you are wanting to get more exploratory in the kitchen, I think that's a great place to start without getting too intimidated. Mm-hmm. They have fantastic meals. A lot of them, some of them are more, uh, a little bit more complicated, like blue apron. I've gotten that before and that one was a little bit more complicated. Great meals, but just more fancy. I'm speaking very well today. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree because I like that sun basket. Most of them were something you just threw into like a stir fry dish or like a a, a pan. Like it was really pretty simple because I have done some before. I'm like, okay, I've got to use seven pans to make this meal and I'm (gasps) overwhelmed. And they're lovely by the time you get it done, but you're kind of tired. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's why I like sun basket. I feel like they were quality foods not, you know, crazy expensive and well put together and easy to make. So I was like, Mm -hmm. so that was a good one. I've also done daily harvest before. And that's just really great for like on the go breakfasts or Mm -hmm. lunches because those are frozen. So again, going back to the frozen thing. So there's plenty of ways to do this and you don't have to do it perfectly. It's just finding some swaps that can be cost effective. Um, And following, you know, what works for you, mm -hmm. what works for you doesn't work for Debbie down the street Mm -hmm. or anybody, you know, I think we have ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, quickly, I want to circle back to the conversation on stress really quick, and then we'll wrap mm. up. But we had talked about this quite a bit. And I want to come back to it. You've said before that the same like go get them energy that can get women where they are in their businesses or their careers can be what can be, you know, a, a challenge when it comes to their fertility. Can you dig into that a little bit? Because we talked about the stress of eating perfectly, the stress of, you know, finances around food and finding the time to do all of this. But also just like kind of the go-getterness in us and the drive to succeed. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on how that can affect fertility. Absolutely. So especially for the women who are in boss positions, whether that's entrepreneurship or running a team or you know running a household, if you're in that position, it tends to correlate a lot with really self-motivated personalities. You're not afraid of a challenge. You're really well versed in researching, not afraid to look something up, not afraid to follow something. But a lot of times when we're just go, go, go all the time, it can max out our adrenal glands. And when we see increased stress, we tend to see higher estrogen and testosterone, which can decrease your your ability to ovulate. Um, There's a lot of hormones involved, gonadotropin releasing hormone that tends to go down and your luteinizing hormone. And what we do see is that it can impact your consistency of ovulation and also the strength of your ovulation. So when your ovulation is impacted, what that looks like is low progesterone levels. And when you have, and progesterone is our progestation hormone. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't have enough of that, we can't sustain a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so stress is something I talk about, I think almost as much as food, because it is that it's, I think it's that important stress and mindset when it comes to fertility, you know, body love, all of that, it it goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something to focus on. It's not something that is just like, oh, I only sleep four hours a night, but whatever, I can still, you know, just keep going. Mm -hmm. No, we have to, it's actually like your body is screaming at you (laughs) to slow it down, to take more time. Um, Fertility, like I said, fertility likes fats in food. Fertility also likes lazy, just Mm -hmm. a little bit of lazy. Mm-hmm. Which is like so unnatural if you're an achiever type. It's like, oh, yeah. it feels so mm-hmm. counterintuitive. I need to be doing something proactive, you know? And I think learning to say no more has probably been such a discipline that for personality type, that, that can be such a discipline and such a, it's like a freeing and frustrating thing at the exact oh, yeah. same time. <laughs> but it, Well, it doesn't make sense. The things like, uh, like you were saying, the things that have gotten you where you are, the attitude, the motivation, the ability to really take charge and do what needs to be done. All of those things are amazing qualities when it comes to entrepreneurship and running a team. But if you are running your body, it's not the same kind of energy that you're, you're needing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you said something about your adrenals. Can we just park there for yes. a second? Because this is something I learned a lot about with you. And I think it's really interesting. So can you, again, cover and just dig a little bit into how your adrenals factor into the fertility picture and really what can be done to support them? Okay, if stress yeah. hurts them, what supports them? Oh, the, it's honestly, it's so simple. Sleep. <laughs> oh, that's good. Let's all just take more naps. Sleep. <laughs> saying no more often, like you were talking about, uh, managing stress, consistency. That's another big one. Your adrenals, your whole body 
the human body likes consistency. We like to know we're going to get meals. We know we're going to get sleep. We like to know that everything is safe. And that's actually, I think, when you think about having babies or fertility or, you know, your health, safety, your body likes to feel safe if it's going to plan a pregnancy or going to sustain a pregnancy. And so with adrenal glands, that's kind of your alert system into danger and your body can't, or your brain can't tell the difference between something truly, you know, life-threatening, like a lion chasing you, a bear chasing you, or a, a paper deadline or a book deadline or a team meeting that you're really not looking forward to. Your body, your brain can't tell the difference. So the same hormone cascade happens no matter which scenario you're in. The difference that we're seeing now is that before back when we were hunter and gatherers, we were, you know, that stress would end. Mm -hmm. You would either get caught by the lion or you're running away from the lion. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing now is that the stress is staying. We are in a chronic state of stress, which our system does not know how to handle. We're really good at acute stress or short-term stress. We have no idea mm -hmm. <laughs> what to do with the daily stressors of being late or deadlines or mortgages lack of sleep, even it comes down to like stressful shows. Like if you're watching the news a lot, yeah. um, if you're, if you're constantly bombarded by bad, I was going to say bad outcomes, bad things all the time, mm -hmm. your brain is constantly in that survival mode. Mm -hmm. Pregnancy cannot happen if you're in survival mode, mm -hmm. your body won't, it just, it doesn't work as well that way. Mm -hmm. And so your adrenal glands are kind of your survival mode. So when we want to calm them down, what we're thinking about is just getting good basics. We're going back to sleep. We're going back to food. We're going back to stress management. So that means like saying no and that kind of thing. It's really, it, I'd say it's the most affordable part of fertility. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's free to sleep, right? I mean, I know, I think, yep. I think we think it's not because it's like, well, it comes with a cost. I can't work as much or I can't be as available. Yes. I'm going to let people down. But it's like, I feel I've had to come to this point where it's like that cost is worth it. Like there will, mm -hmm. oh, and I've had this huge realization recently in my life where I've just, you know, but to support my adrenals, I've taken a lot of time purposely to say, I'm going to really do the, the work of doing less, I guess. And, um, yes, and, and do the work of doing less. Yeah, I love that. It, that just needs to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just kind of trying to keep in the back of your mind, especially if you are somebody who's constantly achieving the, you know, achieving or chasing the next goal or the next thing or whatever, if that's just kind of what you tend to, or if you just are somebody who's constantly inundated with deadlines trying to remind yourself like there will always be another great opportunity. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. we can put so much pressure on ourselves to feel like this is my one big chance to get this promotion or to show that I can do this. And not that the drive is bad and not that we shouldn't go for it, but I think we put this like insane amount of pressure on ourselves to the point yes. where it's like we forget that this is probably not the one and only chance that something good could happen in our life. And yeah. I just, I, I constantly have to kind of talk myself off that ledge because I can get so focused on saying yes to everything. And then I end up backing out or something goes wrong. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. So anyways, giving yourself permission, I think, to remember mm -hmm. that this isn't your only opportunity to achieve that goal or to reach this. You don't have to be a bajillionaire by 30 kind of thing. Like whether that's what you're chasing personally, or you're chasing a certain weight, or you're chasing a certain milestone, or you're chasing a certain revenue benchmark, or whatever goal it is that you might be chasing, if that's your personality type, just remember like, that doesn't have to all happen at once. And I think sometimes yes. we, we live in a world, and I would love your thoughts on this. I think we live in this world right now that tells us we should want to have it all, all at the same time. And so we begin to like become like Elastigirl. I literally said this to my team like a couple weeks ago. I was like, I feel like Elastigirl. Like we got to change something. And I think we do that. Like we, we feel like, okay, I've got to give a hundred percent to the career and steward that. And I've got to give a hundred percent to my health and steward that and a hundred percent to my family and steward that. And a hundred. And it's like, we logically know that's like not possible, but yet I think we are constantly being told that like, you should want to have it all. So therefore we feel like we should, we should do it all. And we mm -hmm. very rarely, I think are encouraged to say like, Hey, let's pause. And let's actually ask the question, like, what is it that you actually really care about right now? And, and yeah. you may care about all these things, but which one's the priority? based off mm -hmm. of the season of your life or what you currently are experiencing or what your needs are, which is the priority? How can everything else kind of work to support that in a very holistic way rather than feeling like everything is the priority and you've got to do all of it to have all of it? Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Yes. I just feel like that pressure is everywhere on social media and it's constantly telling women like you can have it all. And, and I think the message in its intention is good, but I think it creates an insane amount of pressure to like be able to do it all. 
Well, I think we are hearing those messages more than we used to. Mm-hmm. Like people are sharing their, you know, revenue mm-hmm. goals and they're sharing their followings and you're seeing all of this perfection all over the place. Mm-hmm. It really does, especially if you're trying to start a business, it feels exciting and something, and it is amazing and it's so fun and there's so many good things, but it, there, there is so much pressure to, you know, hit 10,000 followers, hit a 10K month, have a 30 under 30, get on a magazine, you know, well, whatever those look like, there is a lot out there. And I love what you just said about thinking about what's important and then trying to kind of cultivate the rest around that. I love that idea because it'll be different. There could be, if you're in a season where you're not trying to have children, then you might be in more of a go-getter situation. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to get pregnant or you know thinking about fertility, then it might be a season of slowing down. Mm-hmm. And I always like the idea of seasons because I don't know about those, your listeners, but I tend to be like a, if I, <laughs> if I start doing things, oh, this is the way it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tend to be a real long-term thinker. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have to remind myself like, this doesn't have to be forever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is just what I'm doing now. Yeah. I mean, I, my mom always says to me, life comes in phases and you mm-hmm. know, like she had her career for a while and then she had kids and then, you know, she, that was the majority of her focus. Although she was always kind of had some sort of side hustle. She wasn't trying to like become a bajillionaire off of her business in those season in those years. And she was okay with that. She's like, that's just not what I want to be focused on. Every woman yes. is different on what they want to be focused on. But that was, you know, something that, you know, then later in her life, once we grew up and we were, you know, busy with our own lives, she went and built this incredible business. And she was in her late 40s, early 50s, you know? And so it's like just remembering like it all doesn't have to be done right now. Yes. I it's love like that. so hard for me to wrap my head around. But I constantly <laughs> have to tell myself that because it's true, you know, and she, mm-hmm. she was, she's always a good reminder of that for me and was a good example of like, Hey, just so you know, like you can write or you, if you want to write 10 books, like that's cool. You can, you have a lot of life to do that. Or if you want to build and scale something really big, that's cool. You have a lot of life to do that. And you also don't have to, like and if you you're don't happy have not scaling, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And, it, and that's, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like she, you know, also came to a point she's like, okay, I don't want to keep growing this. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like, it's always the message of more. And I think what happens is we are told like more and more and more of stuff that maybe doesn't actually really matter to us to where we don't have the capacity and the energy to really nurture, tend to, and care for the things that actually do matter to us. That's where we begin to feel like, well, I don't have time for my health because I'm so busy chasing all this other more stuff that, Mm -hmm. and I haven't stopped to ask myself, like, do I actually want that? Like, does that make me happy? Do I care about that? Maybe I care about it, but do I, do I need to do it all this second? And it's just like this opportunity, I think the permission, I think to, to give yourself the permission to reevaluate consistently, like consistently do it monthly. Like, is everything on my plate right now? Something that I want to be there. Yep. Does it have to be there? Maybe I want it there, but do it. Does it have to be there this year? Does it have to be there this week? Could I maybe swap it out somehow? And I think those are just sometimes the really hard questions we have to ask. And if anything through my own journey has anything good has come out of it. It's been not only a deeper understanding and appreciation of these things that we can do for our health, but also this, this reevaluation, rethinking things in a way that I probably wouldn't have before because I just go a million miles a minute. And I think most women, whether they consider themselves ambitious or not tend to do that because we take on a lot. We want to support everyone and everything else. We want to do amazing things. We want to make our impact on the world. And before we know it, like, we're trying to make our impact on the world, but it's having a big hurting us. Mm -hmm. us. Exactly. It's kind of like what you were talking about with Matt in the house. Like you had this, these DIY dreams and then you realize like, I I don't want to. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't want to do that. I had this whole vision for the first home that we bought. I mean, it literally was going to become my Pinterest house. I could not Mm -hmm. wait to have like the ultimate Pinterest house. It's going to paint it white, (laughs) put new shutters on it, a beautiful cedar door, revamp that nasty little kitchen we had. And it was, it was going to be amazing. And I, after doing two or three projects, it it would have been, but it's sometimes, and I think this is the hardest thing, but sometimes you have to release your vision of what you thought it was supposed to be so that it can become what it needs to be in your life. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, you and I talked a lot about that when we were in the moving process. And I remember just thinking like, do I move? Do I not move? What do we do? And I, and it was so hard for me to release this vision. But the second that I did, I had so much less stress and so, and I had so much more clarity in my life. And I was more room. To, more room, more margin. Like I'm not having to spend thousands of dollars on a repair every five minutes because nothing, you know, it's like sometimes yeah. you can get so attached to a vision that you're just like shelling out money or time or precious resources to kind of keep the vision going or this idea of what you wanted to happen going without actually reevaluating and allowing yourself to say like, maybe this isn't right anymore. 
maybe this is actually becoming more of a stressor in my life than something that's fueling me forward. Maybe I'm not Joanna Gaines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's okay. You maybe, know? Jo- maybe JoJo's just got to stay in Texas. Yeah, it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I would love one last question and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. What advice do you have or what advice do you give to clients who have either recently walked through miscarriage and loss? What can they be focusing on as, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't want to ask like, I don't want to ask it this way, but I feel like I know through my own experience, sometimes you can kind of start to, we had talked about this earlier, like identify with like, well, this is how it's going to be. Right. And just kind of get stuck there. What, are, what, are, what advice do you have for someone who may have recently walked through that and just feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. I want to do something proactive because I feel like, I think there is this need to nurture when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you have to nurture yourself is what I've learned. But I would Ooh, love yeah. if you can give whatever advice you tend to give to clients who find themselves in that situation and they just feel overwhelmed by all the possibilities and everything they can do and the things they want to do, but not sure where to start and all of the emotion that comes with that. Can we just wrap up with some advice either to the person who's walked through loss or the person who's struggling um, either to get, you know, to get pregnant or to keep a pregnancy? I feel like those are two very different experiences and I validate them in such different ways because they are different, but the overwhelm I think can be very similar. So what advice would you give to somebody in that position? Oh, that's a good one. There's so much I'd let, I'd want to say, and I'd probably be on the phone for another hour. <laughs> But I think one of the first places I like to start is remembering that you have time. You have time to take care of yourself. Because I, like you said, there's a rush to, you feel like the need to nurture. And I think sometimes we run into the next pregnancy before we've really healed from the, and it, I mean, physically and mentally, because of course, mentally, we know that loss is really challenging to go through, but also physically, especially if you've required a surgery, if you've lost a lot of blood, depending on how far along you are, that, uh, that affects it too. If you, it can really, really affect you. And it's important to take time to heal from that. And that could look for like therapy. It could look like working with a fertility coach. It could look like working with your practitioner. But just feeling like you have that time. There's no rush. I know that when we start talking about getting pregnant, everybody's got that magic number of 35, like flaring in their head. We go in fives. Five, 30 is a big one. 35 is a big one. 40 is a big one. We have all these numbers and this, this time clock that's on our uterus. And that is so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And so I think just gently reminding yourself, I have time. And I know that sounds crazy. That I'm a big, it's the most simple mantra in the entire world. But I think just reminding yourself, I'm exactly where I need to be right now. And I have time to do this. If I need to take, ter- take a step back, take, um, like you said, taking the year to really like get your body right, get your health figured out, heal your mind yeah. and your mindset. The mind thing is huge. Yes, yeah. it's huge. Mm-hmm. But I think time, you have time. I think that's, if I could pick one thing. (laughs) No, it's so good. Cause like I said, I think the most, at least in my experience and most of the women that I've talked to that have experienced something similar, there's this feeling of like, I got to figure it out, you know? And and Mm -hmm. I did, I mean, I felt that way. And I, that was a huge thing for me. It's like, oh yeah. Like, okay. You know, and I think allowing yourself that permission. I mean, again, I think there's a lot of talk about permission in this, in this conversation, like permission to take the time you need permission Mm -hmm. to, you know, change invest in your health exactly Mm -hmm. invest in your health reevaluate like all those things i think it comes down to giving ourselves permission and believing that we do have time because that doesn't mean you need to be sitting and doing nothing it just means Mm -hmm. like this it's constantly trying to take that pressure off of like this is what i want to do this was what i expected i think a lot of this can come with unmet expectations and and the feeling of like we were set up for disappointment and so I think whenever you feel disappointed, it is such a rush. So I love that piece of advice, you know, a rush to fix it or a rush, rush to yes. change it or a rush to prove it. Or try again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or who's doubting you wrong. And I even hate that word trying again sometimes because it's like, I think we tend to then believe it was a failure. Like we failed, yes. you know? And mm-hmm. so it's like, I, I try not to even use that language like you and I've talked about. So just be careful when to anyone who's listening, if this is like a touchy subject for you, I, I wish like I don't have perfect advice because I find myself in the middle, which is why I bring on experts to talk about this. But I will say through my own experience with loss specifically, it's one of those things where I think it just ultimately comes down to consistently reminding yourself and surrounding yourself with people who can give you that reminder. Like, yes, you know, mm-hmm. reaching out to the people who are not so like in it and can say like, hey, remember you have time. Like, Hey, it's, what did you say? You said something one time about, I say a lot of things, Jordan, I know, (laughs) but you said something about if versus when. And I think that's something Mm -hmm. that is so important because we can get so focused on like, well, what if it never does this? What what if? if? Mm -hmm. And it's like, what if we just focus on like when it happens, it will be the right time. And that's, I think 
the most important thing to keep your mind focused on. And it can be the hardest thing to do personally. Like I know that from experience. Oh yeah. We all want guarantees. Yeah, we want to know totally. when it's going to happen, how long it's going to yeah. take. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, <laughs> We're <laughs> I think that's I, I think that's so good. And I think there's just such wisdom in that. So I'm so thankful that you shared that and everything that you've shared, all the just mindset stuff, the the tactical stuff, the practicals, the swaps we can make, all of that. Where can everyone find you if they're interested in just following you, learning more, kind of digging into your resources? What is the best place to hang out with you online and learn more from you? I spend a lot of time on Instagram and I've recently gotten into TikTok. So if you want to see me dance, I got some of that available on <laughs> the, it. it's out on the internet, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check that one out. I'm pretty pumped about this. I, I am at the fertility nut on all of my social media handles. Um, my website is the fertility nut.com. I'd love it. If you came and hang out, hung out with me, I have a, a really fun time over there. I, I know it sounds kind of, counterintuitive to make fertility fun, but I really, I, I enjoy my work a lot and I get very passionate about it. And I think there is joy to be found in this uh, journey. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thanks so much for everything. You have been such a blessing. You guys go give her a follow, learn from her soak up. I think you do take a really fun approach to it and help us remember like, Hey, this isn't supposed to be something that always stresses you out. So we appreciate mm-hmm. that. And we're just so thankful for everything you've shared. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. (laughs) I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.